Hold on, I want to take a selfie with you. Okay. That's a terrible angle. <laughs> That's how sad. Ready? Three, two, one. Make a funny face and raise it. Mm-hmm. All right, ready, serious. Oh. Ready, smile. Hey, it's Josh. And Morgan. Welcome to the Hot Coffee Podcast. Are you making me do this by myself? No, I just forgot. Welcome to, to the, the Hot, Hot Coffee, Coffee Podcast. Podcast. Hebrews 10:24 encourages us to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And that's what we hope this podcast can do for you. It's our mission to use this platform to create and have boundary-breaking conversations that help to build relationships with your friends, your families, and Jesus through love and, of course, coffee. We are coffee lovers and we are Jesus lovers, and we want to bring the two together. Throughout this journey, we'll be sharing what coffee we're enjoying, whatever is on our hearts, and what we feel could encourage the lives of our listeners. While we hope this podcast reaches listeners of all ages and all walks of life, we pray it reaches our generation of young people navigating this world while discovering their faith and love of Jesus. We hope that wherever we are meeting you in your life, whether you are single, dating, engaged, or married, you know that you are loved. Grab a cup of coffee. And and let's let's get get started. Hey, guys. I was supposed (laughs) to start. Hey, guys. How's it going? We're going to get started this week, and we would like to ask you the question. And Morgan, I'll ask you, what is it that you're having to drink this week? And would you like to share it with the people? Uh, Well, of course I want to share it with the people. Um, So for this week, um, we've actually had a lot of coffee this week. Um, But the one we want to really showcase, the one that we are really enjoying right now, um, is the coffee that we mentioned last episode from our friends, Mandy and Andrew. Andrew. Thought you forgot for (laughs) a minute. Mandy and Andrew. it is Grounds and Hounds Coffee Co. And it is called Foster Fuel. Um, it comes in an adorable bag just full of little hearts. It's just precious. Puppy. It says every cup helps a pup. So when you buy it, um, any that you buy goes to help um, the Grounds and Hounds, the different um, shelters. That's the word. So this one is toasted pecan, milk chocolate, and caramel. It's a medium roast, and it is super yummy. We both really yeah, so enjoyed I, it. I had a specific question for you, Morgan. As you were drinking it, did you taste the pecan flavor in the drink? No. Okay, because I'm going to be honest, people. I love coffee, obviously, but it always has these tasting notes, and I don't ever taste the notes. I don't. I do. I just. I mean, like, I can't like. I can out, just like, tell you like that's a good cup of coffee, but I'm not going to be like. Yo, did you taste those pecans? I, I mean, really like that. But. No, but I can like taste them different. But anyway, I can tell that it's not just like a. Anyway, I came here to say this is a great cup of coffee. So is that why you're here? That's why. That's what I came here to say. All right. So we are. That's what we're drinking, <laughs> and we would encourage you to share with us what you're drinking this week, because uh, we we've only gotten a couple of recommendations. Yeah, we need some so more recommendations for. We what got some drink. more. We got some coffee stock piled up over there that we're going to showcase over the next couple of weeks, but we need some more. So we encourage you to do that. We'd like yeah. to congratulate, jumping right into it. Yeah. Ask Morgs, give me that look like you went way too quick. We'd like to congratulate our coffee giveaway winners this week. Yep. We are loving all of the positive feedback from you guys, and we literally never get tired of seeing you guys share our episodes. So keep sharing those for chances to win. And this week, we want to give you a second challenge. Screenshot us 
or screenshot um, you giving us a rating or a review, and we'll give you some additional entries into our coffee giveaway um, because that's going to help us, one, know that we're doing a good job if we are, and then also the more ratings we have, the more people that this will get suggested to, and hopefully we can share some good news with. So Yeah, for sure. So um, screenshot yourself listening, tag us, tag hashtag hot coffee pod, and then also screenshot um, your rating or review. If you've already done it, you can go back and screenshot it and share it. Just let us know that you have, um, you've done that and you'll get another entry. So, all right. So it's everybody's favorite time of the day. We are going to participate in happy crappy. Happy crappy. I was going to say, we need to get like a little theme song right there. Like (laughs) happy crappy. Oh, I kind of liked mine. Nah, it was, you can vote on that. Let us know which one you like. Um, Morgan. Hold on. One of my favorite feedbacks from this week was um, a friend of mine saying that this was her favorite thing to do with her boys was to do happy crappy. So shout out Amy and Braxton and Cruz. Super excited for this. Yeah. So what are you happy for this week? We're not going to start crappy so we can be happy later. No. Okay. All right. That's fine. We'll start out happy. happy. Yeah. Okay. Um, my happy this week. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. I got I got three happies. This has been a really good week. Three. So number one happy. Got to watch my my alma mater. Matterbrook. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Matterbrook win the Sweet Sixteen game online the stream the regional game they won they beat warren yeah why are you giving me looks you're right i got to watch that game it was a great game with the overtime it was a fantastic game second happy is sister-in-law cassie's team hey hey abilene christian won their conference tournament and we are now actually going to indianapolis this weekend to go watch her team play so that's super duper Duper exciting. So a couple of sports things. Also, we got a new bed this week, and it's like super, super nice. So, uh, Well, Josh, you could have just shared one of your happies with me. That so nice. I got three happies there, and Morgan's uh, life stinks. No, it doesn't. I'm actually extremely happy about um, Cassie making it to her team, making it to um, the big dance. Super fun. Um, super excited for her. Excited to get to go and watch this coming week um what's a crappy um i my crappy um i just got some sad news about a friend um this week about uh she lost her baby she was um hoping to have a um really good doctor's checkup this week and uh, found out that instead that she had miscarried so um I can't even imagine what they're going through. So if you guys could keep my friend um, and her husband in your prayers, I would most like definitely appreciate that. And I know that she would too. I have cried four or five different times today and I feel like I'm grieving the loss. And so I can't even imagine what that is like for other, um, for, for parents who actually have to, I just, it literally kills me inside. So um, that was a really sad thing to hear today and i just want to ask for everyone to please pray for my my friend and uh and her husband so yeah we'll definitely do that um 
I think mine crappy this week would just be I've just been tired this week. I'm gonna be honest. Um I love being a a dad, but being a dad can be very tiring, as many of you probably know. Or today, a mom. Today he asked me if there was something wrong with him because he was tired at night. Yeah, and I yeah. said today, specifically today, our kids didn't go to the babysitter, so I had him for the full day. And I have come to the conclusion that I I don't want to be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> I'd be too tired for that gig. So props to those who do. Yes, props to you and yes. Good job, and props to the babysitters out there in the world. Amen, amen. So, thank we you. have the best. So thank you for that. So that's my happy, and that's my crappy. Yeah. And we'd like to know yours if you want to comment and share. Yes, yours please is. share your happy cool. crappy. Well, so, any crappies we can pray for. Yeah, that's something, yeah. That's if you have any prayer requests this week Absolutely. or a crappy, let us know. We'll try to keep that in our prayers. This week, we want to cover a few different things. Um, we got a couple different topics with you this week, but they're all kind of with the same theme of a journey. So we thought it would be fun to just kind of share the first thing would just kind of share our coffee journey, how we kind of got to where we are and what we like with our coffee and things like that. And then we want to spend some time talking about our Jesus journey um, and how do we know that God is real. And then we're going to talk about our relationship journey just a little bit and talk about how we knew that the other one was the one. And so I think I covered that correctly. Morgan's sad at me because I keep taking all the intros. He does. He's so, saying everything. But I think I'm doing a fantastic job. It's as if I'm job. not even here. You're the co-host this week and I'm the host. So <gasps> I would here disagree. We go. The topics are all based around the idea of our title, which is how do you know? So our coffee journey, the question is, how do we know what we like? But how many times do you roll up to a coffee shop and you're like, I have no idea what I like. I have no idea what I want. Do I want hot? Do I want cold? Do I actually like mochas? Do I like macchiatos? Do I like chais? I don't know. So really, we're that we are, we, we are going to talk about our coffee journey and we are going to talk about like how we've come to know what we like. And really, we still kind of sort of don't, but we're going to go with it. So, Josh, let's hear your coffee journey since you want to take over all the things, Mr. Host. Uh, my coffee journey started. <laughs> I can't handle you right now. My coffee journey started. Um, Approximately on January 14th what? of 2014. <laughs> you don't know that. I'm just kidding. In college, I started drinking coffee because it kind of felt like an essential thing that I needed to get some caffeine in my body. Uh, it wasn't anything special. I just would drink whatever was in the cafeteria at Ohio Valley. So it wasn't very good. And I put about three creams and three sugars <laughs> in everything that I had. And this cup was like a six ounce cup of yeah, coffee. Yeah, so I drink a lot of milk with sugar. <laughs> with a hint of coffee but um my family didn't like mom and dad didn't grow up drinking coffee not when we were growing up my nanny always drank coffee we always thought it was cool to drink coffee with nanny but i think she was giving us decaf <laughs> but um so i didn't start drinking coffee i'll give morgan credit i didn't think, start drinking coffee really until i got to be around her and then her family because they we're go avid. they go through a a um pot of coffee faster than probably any american in the world but uh <laughs> they love their coffee but uh i guess really that's how i started was just being around her family how do i know what i like um trial and error <laughs> <laughs> i still do i can drink a cup of coffee black uh depending on what it is 
there's some. I, I can't drink Folgers black. I just can't do it. But if you give me some Chapman's black, I can drink that. But some, um, some foster fuel. Foster fuel over here representing. I can drink that probably black too. Um, I, I like lattes too. I like those kind you, of things. You also really like macchiato. I'm a big macchiato guy. Um, here's my big pet peeve when it comes to coffee shops, and then I'll get off my soapbox here. Tell people what's good. I hate when we go into a coffee shop and I say, hey, what's the local favorite or like what's a popular drink? And they just kind of give me the answer. Well, everything's pretty good. And it's like, no, tell me what people actually like. So if you're a coffee shop owner, there's some advice from a coffee <laughs> drinker. But I really I just at this point in life, I'll drink anything if it's coffee. Part of that dad experience. <laughs> um, but my favorite coffee for sure would would probably just be Chapman's, which I say that every time, but Highlander Grog. But I also am a big macchiato person. If we go to a new coffee shop, that's usually what I order. So that's my coffee journey. Now I drink approximately two cups of coffee before I get to the office, usually stop and get a cup of coffee on the way to the office, and then one at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Always. And then if Morgan lets me at about 5 o'clock, we make a pot sometimes, but she sometimes. doesn't always let me. It's I think I drink I more than you. her at this point, which is crazy, and she won't admit that, but I think I do. No, I will admit that that's probably true, but I also can't just, like, up and leave in the middle of the day to go get some coffee. Hey, don't belittle Although my you job bring situation. Me, you bring me a good bit of coffee every now and then. So, for me, my coffee journey, oh, boy. Um, I started drinking it in high school. What day? I have no idea. <laughs> Um, my parents wouldn't let us drink it for a while, but I always remember my mom always took her coffee with milk and my dad always did like took his just straight black. And, um, so, and I remember you, like, I used to think my dad was disgusting for it. I'm like, that is so gross. Who can just drink straight black coffee? But, um, so I would always, anytime I had it, I would do milk just like my mom. And then when, then I, don't, I feel like it was my cousin Allison that was like introduced us to like, hey, you could also put sugar in your coffee or like other flavored creamer, whole, whole new world. But it, so my coffee journey also, I feel like most people probably started this way with just like lots of cream and sugar because they like the sweetness of it. Um, however, when I got to college, I tried so hard to like buy good creamer and buy like um, – the different flavors or like in the calf, I would try so hard to make a good concoction of coffee to sugar to creamer. And it always was awful. And, um, I never liked it. I could never drink it. I was like, this is silly. And then I also was just like always running late for class. So then I never had time to doctor up my coffee. So then I was just like, it's going, I'm, I'm just taking it straight black. And then I just learned to love it that way. I mean, so for, that is literally my go-to anytime I'm at like home or anyone's house or at a hotel or somewhere where like coffee is just available for me to drink. I'm getting, I'm just going to drink it black. And then when, it, but when it comes to like going to a coffee shop, I always want to try different flavors. Like I love anything chocolate. Um, for my sister and I's um, birthday last month, we went to a coffee experienced coffee trail in Columbus and I had a chocolate covered strawberry latte I think is what it was so good um let's see but I I know I love like chocolates I love hazelnut I love 
Um, geez, I love like anything. Yeah, I, I think that's what we're getting at here. Yeah, I could drink just about anything, coffee-wise. But I'm not a chai fan. No, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that either. Not a chai I fan. I guess I've never given it a shot, so that's on me. I had it once, and I just wasn't a fan. I'm also not a matcha fan. Is that how you say it? Matcha? Matcha? I just don't order it because I don't know how. <laughs> You're such a weirdo. <laughs> Anyways, Josh and I have always said that we wanted to be, like, the ones who have, like, the French press and the and the over the pour over yeah, and I the, want a um uh, uh Chemex. I want one of those. Yeah, that's a pour over fancy drink. I want one of those. That would be cool. Yeah, However, my we currently have do them. have a French press. Yeah, but it's but not, we don't use it, and not. we have a cold brewer, but we don't use it. But it's getting warm outside, so I'm super you, excited. Because here's it. what we're getting at, folks: you can't be a good hot cup of coffee. You just can't beat it. You're right, most of the time. All right. Are we done with our coffee journey? Yeah, we're done with our coffee we journey. We could go so, on our coffee journey for a long time, really but long time. we're sitting at 20 minutes almost already. So this week, we're going to dive into, like Morgan said, all of our different journeys and how we got to those point is how we wanted to say that. Sure. Yeah. So this one will be in a little more serious note is our Jesus journey. And it's kind of this whole idea of how do you know <laughs> God's real in moments in life. And I think that's something that every single person um, could probably say they have experience with and struggle with at different times. And so we're going to kind of share personally how we got to where we believe what we believe. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of kind of our thoughts on that. And yeah. So hopefully that will help anybody out. Yeah. I mean, the topic was addressed, which we haven't, um, we've gotten a couple of topic recommenda- recommendations, and this was one of them. And we still want you guys to send out some um, some other recommendations of what you might want us to talk about. We've had a few questions for our Q&As that we think would make better topics. So don't feel like we're glossing over some of those questions. We are just going to turn them into some topics to talk about, I think. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the ones that was recommended or asked for us to cover. Um, and somebody just said, like, how do I know that God is real? Um, this person said, I'm super analytical and there's a part of me in my heart that wants to believe in God. And I do, but there's also another part of me that knows I'm not a great Christian because I don't know if I 100% believe I do, but I don't. But I also feel like that's maybe the devil trying to convince me that I don't. Um, <laughs> I guess whenever I try to tackle this question, cause I get this sometimes from teenagers and college age kids, we've gotten this question quite a bit over the years. And I think the part the way that I always tried to answer it, and maybe it's not the best way to answer it, but it's how I kind of believe in what I got into is that believing in God and believing in Jesus and the life that Jesus lived and the way that Jesus performed miracles and ultimately died on the cross and the whole story of the gospel and what we read about God gives us hope as Christians. And so Believing in Jesus and believing in the gospel means that we have hope. And so without believing, I think it would be hard to live in this world and live everyday life and see events that happen and see circumstances that play out. I think it would be difficult if you just didn't have that hope. And so I think for me, it's this idea of like God, believing in God and believing in Jesus gives me hope. And so even that's just kind of what fuels me in, in that sense. is like, If nothing else, it gives me a little bit of peace and hope. Mm-hmm. 
in every situation. Yeah. And to add to that, this person said, like, I feel like I'm not a great Christian because I question it. But the truth is, I feel like it's normal for us to question it. Josh and I have had those moments. I've literally um, just the other day, I don't even remember what was going on, but I'm like, why in the world is this happening? Like, why am I like, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Like if I really believe in God, like if like, but ultimately it doesn't come down to believing in him or believing in the gospel so that good things will happen to us. But it's all about just believing in, in the gospel and believing in God in order to, to lead more people to him. And I think one of the biggest things, one of the biggest takeaways from this for me is God asks us to trust him and he asks us to have faith in him. Like when we think about what faith is, faith is believing without seeing. If we knew everything, it would be easy to believe. There's even a scripture somewhere that I wish I would have written this down, but where um, God does, I think it's when he comes back after the resurrection and Thomas, mm -hmm. uh, doubting Thomas is like, I'm not going to believe it until I see it with my own, my own eyes. And I touch the, the scars in his hand. And, um, he, after a few days, Jesus comes back and he sees Thomas and he lets him touch those scars. And he tells Thomas something along the lines of like, is, are you, you're just believing because you've seen it all but would you believe if you hadn't or something along those lines? And I really should look this up, but, um, but he calls us to kind of believe without, without knowing it all, because if we did, it's easy to believe. It's easy to look at all of, you know, all of the facts that are laid out there and, um, and just say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But when something is a little bit unsure, when something leads us to question, then it takes even more faith to believe in it. And I think that those questions also require us to dive deeper into our relationship with him. If you really have these questions or you really have these doubts, the only way to answer that is by diving into those, those doubts and diving into those questions and, and trying to find those answers for yourself. So, but I, I think that's a huge part of it is just having faith, believing whether or not it all makes sense or whether or not you can see it all, but that, cause that's what faith is. Adding on to this, I was sitting or I was at a, one of our discovery Bible studies a couple of weeks ago with a couple of the guys um, from church. And we were talking about Galatians chapter five and where he talks about the fruit of the spirit. But we talked about this idea that God so many times tells us that he is calling us to a life of freedom um, and wants to give us a life of like joy and, and all those things. And so in Galatians chapter five, verse 16, it in the message, it says it this way. It says, my counsel is this, live freely and animated and motivated by God's spirit. And I think so many times we don't want to believe in God because sometimes we think he can be restricting um, to us. And we think that, you know, following God and following the things that Jesus calls us to do puts a lot of restrictions on our lives. Like, and it, so, like a list of rules. Like a list of rules. And so that can be something that kind of makes us want to fade away from God mm -hmm. and, and religion as a whole. But I think in Scripture, so many times God reminds us that the life that he is calling us to, the life that he wants us to believe into, is really a life that's going to give us some freedom. It's going to give us the ability um, to be you know, animated and have like this fun, 
good life. And it even goes on to say in verse 19, he kind of starts listing what it looks like if you just if you don't follow God, if you try to do things your own way, it gives this long list of how life looks. And so I want to read that with you, starting in verse 19. Again, this is the message. It says, it's so obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitiveness, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfying once, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habits of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on is how it's how it reads. And so I just think that um, when you think about this, you know, how do you, why do you believe in God or how did you get to this point? I think that verse right there could be a verse that we could look at because it, I think so often when you talk to people about God, they are pulled away because they think of all the restrictions that following God includes. But when you read scriptures and you kind of look at how God is trying to lay it out, he's saying, listen, if you follow me, life is going to be it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to always be great and it's not all going to be ups, but you're going to live a life of freedom. But when you try to live life on your own and try to pursue things, you know, by yourself, it kind of leaves you trapped. That's what I read as I read all those different descriptions of what life would look like. You kind of get trapped and restricted in your own way and not Mm -hmm. necessarily have that freedom that God can give you. So I think. I feel like that's a really good um, a good way of making the point of the the difference in living with a belief in God and um, just the hope that that brings to your life. Um, when you are living for yourself or how a lot of the other um, versions refer to it as living in the flesh, you find yourself trapped in a lot of those situations that um, that you shared with us. And I think that that's even evident in I know in my story specifically before meeting you and in some of the past mistakes that I kind of touched on a little bit last week, but I did, I, I was in this moment, these, these life situations where I just felt trapped. Like I couldn't come back to God or, you know, maybe, maybe I was wrong about God or, you know, different things like that. And I think that what I find super encouraging is that that goes on. Were you going to touch on to that? Well, I was just going to kind of go back to and hopefully answer the question because the question was, is how do we know God is real? So when I think about my personal situations and my personal life, the moments where I do rely on God and I do have my focus on God, I've experienced that freedom and that joy that God gives in the moments where I've acted selfishly. I've felt all of those things that God tells me I'm going to feel. I've turned, I've depersonalized people and made them into a rival and different, all of those things kind of relate. And so I guess, without saying like these crazy things of like, well, I saw this in the sky and that's how I know God is real. I can't say I had those personal experiences, but when I read that scripture and say, okay, so God lays it out. If you follow me, this is how life is going to be. And if you try to do things your way, this is how it's going to be. I think seeing that actually play out in my life gives me, 
gives me even faith that God is real because he's he's saying, if you, you know, if you do these, you, this is how your life's going to look. And I'm I can see that playing out in, in my life mm-hmm. and other people's lives. So that kind of helps me yeah. believe that God is real, too. Well, I was just going to go on with that scripture. It just then goes into like the fruit of the spirit, right. which so many people hear like the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, mm-hmm. self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So he's literally like finishing, like as terrible as that passage might sound to so many people, or might you might be sitting there like, oh my goodness, like this is the life that I'm living in. This is the trapped life that I'm living in. How do I get out? How do I get back to God? He literally says like, just coming to him, you will find like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And it's also, you find ways in which you can like put those in yourself and bring those into your own life. And I just think that like, that's a very encouraging scripture. Like there's all this stuff where it's like, this is what your life might is going to look like without God. Like hand, like, and I think you nailed it in saying that like, we've seen that play out in our own lives. And, but we've also seen how putting on Christ crucifying the flesh like right like, putting away those desires yeah putting away those fleshly desires not that they're not still there right they're and we don't have be. those temptations or we don't have the 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 flaws because we most certainly do so while that can be a really hard passage to read for some people i think that it's also it ends with very uplifting with with what a life of believing in christ like offers you as far as how do I know that God is real? I also want to take a second to just say, just because this is what really helps me know and believe doesn't mean it's going to be the same thing for everybody else. And just like we all have our, our reasons of like when and where we might doubt, we also have our reasons and our moments of why we know he's real and why we know that he's working in our lives. And really just like going off of what Josh said too, um, based off of this passage, like God is saying, this is what's like, this is what life is going to look like if you try to just live for yourself. And there are so many other moments in the Bible and so many other times throughout scripture that we're told like that things are going to happen and they do, or they're like, or this is how something's going to be. And it is. And like, that's really reassuring in knowing that God is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. But like me personally, like just looking at this scripture that Josh read, like I have, I have found myself living in a life full of repetitiveness and feeling loveless um, of feeling like I was joylessly grabbing for things just to, to try to bring me happiness And none of them worked. None of those things worked. I was literally, I kind of touched on it earlier, trapped in this life of feeling like there is no purpose. What is like, where is God? And I think what I, what I came to realize was he was there. I just had to put aside my selfish desires Hmm. as fun as they might be in the moment or as, you know, or as hard as it might be to separate myself from some of those things, it was like, I know I need, I needed more. And I knew kind of like I shared last week with, with, with rededicating my life to Christ. I started to see changes in my life 
that I knew was only God working. Um, I think another way of knowing that God is real, um, my sister actually shared something on Facebook today about these, but God moments where you had your plans intact. You, you knew how your life was going to go and what your plan was, but that didn't happen because God had other plans and they're better plans. And so as hard as, as hard as it was to go through the breakup that I went through, I'm living a better life because of that. And I mean, I could say that to 8,000 different plans that I had in my life. But. Yeah, but that's what kind of what I was thinking about before you even said that. So that's weird. But <laughs> I was going to kind of throw out a challenge as like this week, spend time thinking about moments in your life and see if you could see God working in those different moments. If you've heard me tell this story before, I'm sorry. But, you know, I think about my life and one of the biggest moments I, you know, like saw God working in a sense and not in some crazy form or anything, but like I was a junior in high school. My dad lost his job and like life changed completely. We ended up living in a funeral home above a funeral home for years. And I, I've said it before. I was a kid that got everything I ever wanted and to like, we were struggling as a family and, um, but it all was God opening doors and I got to connected with the church and part of the youth group and went on a mission trip and like, my whole life changed and I started, you know, going to youth group and then I graduated and started working with the youth group. And then I went to college and just doors continued to open to get me to the point that I am today. But that's a point um, that I know God is real is that I've looked back in my life and thought, okay, that's a moment where I questioned God so much. I remember sitting in my bed crying because my dad lost his job because of selfish desires. But now I look back and I think, man, God knew exactly what he was doing because it put me in a position where we started going to church more. And it put me in a position where I started going to youth group more. And it put me in a position where I would consider going to a Christian school to which I would go and meet my wife. And it's just like, all of those things are so, they were just God opening doors. And so I, I think that's a challenge this week I would give out to you is, sit back this week and try to look back at your life and see if you can see God work, how he worked in different moments in your life. And, and sure. that may be really hard to do. It wasn't, you know, the story I just shared with you, it took me a while to process that and to see it as God was working in it. But mm -hmm. I think if you take some time to think back, you may, that may help encourage you believing in God too. Um, there is so much with, the human body and DNA and the way that our bodies work that just for us doesn't make sense that it wasn't a divine creator of some kind, piecing us together piece by piece, um, creating us in a way that is remarkable. And I, th I think that to be honest, having, having been pregnant and growing now two babies inside of me and, and delivering, giving life to these to these babies and sustaining them for the first however many months of their life solely through my body, it is, it's mind blowing to me to to not to think that it could just happen. So I think that's another huge piece in my life and in my belief and how I know that God is who He says He is. Yeah. But 
I would, I would agree with that too. That's there's just so many different things. I'm sitting here thinking about mm-hmm. things that help fuel my faith in God. And I even think about the Bible and how there's 52 books of the Bible and yet they all piece together and like, they were, and multiple different author, authors, authors, like multiple different authors in multiple different places, seeing things from different perspectives and all of those things. And it still pieces together to make mm-hmm. the perfect story story the perfect love story (laughs) and so those are we're kind of going off on this but those are just some of our things that we believe in Mm -hmm. and it is tricky because having faith is believing without seeing and it can be hard sometimes um and if it was easy to believe then we wouldn't necessarily yeah we wouldn't have to trust god um so there's that part of it really take that challenge from josh like because those are times in which you did not see god working Mm -hmm. and looking back now maybe you can see it and they might be a long time ago they might be only a few weeks ago they might you might be through a time right now that it just doesn't even make sense as to why god would put you through this but i just really encourage you guys to to trust that he is working and he does have a plan that doesn't make sense to us and doesn't add up in our minds in any way, shape or form. You guys, I was heartbroken when I went through a breakup. I was heartbroken when I had this mindset of going to Nashville and starting over. And I was, I was, I've been heartbroken so many different times because the plans that I had didn't work out. And I could not have written it better. Like God has done what he's done. He's worked in our lives in so many ways. It's just hard for us to, to, to not keep sharing those, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And so I would encourage you, Morgan kind of hinted at it. You may still be in a position where it is hard to look back and say, okay, here's where God was working. But I would encourage you to keep digging mm-hmm. and, and keep looking at God's word and keep l- reaching out to people and try to find some encouragement um, and those moments and things like that. And so we want to take just a moment uh, before we go into our next um, topic and just say a quick prayer um, over this whole idea of, of trusting God and believing in God, even when it's hard. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love. And God, we thank you for um, giving us the ability to have faith. And God, I pray that this week, that each and every person listening can take some time this week to really try to dig in and to try to dive in to your word and into their life and to see the way that you're working. And God, I pray that you can give those people that are struggling um, the strength to, to, to believe and have faith in you and who you are. Thank you for the way that you love us. Thank you for the way that you've pieced together the story. And uh, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to kind of switch gears here a little bit. Uh, We just thought it would be fun to break this up into three different sections. And so the next one is kind of our relationship journey, but we're not really going to go too far into, you know, our story. We want to just talk about, you get this question sometimes. Well, and on the same basis of how do you know? Yeah. And I always always ask this question when I'm going to marry somebody. Yeah. Not like do their wedding. I always (laughs) ask this question. How did you know they were the one? Um, and it can be a tricky question. Um, so Josh, answer first. How, oh, did, how did you was, know? You see how I was trying to how stall there. How did you there? know that I 
because we was wanted the one. She didn't, wouldn't let me script this part, so this is nope. This is right off the top of the head. You know it was um, coming though, so you could have. I didn't script it though, so here's the raw answer. How did I know she was the one? I realized, and this is going to sound probably so silly and cheesy, but I realized that I didn't. I didn't want there to be a moment where she wasn't in my life. And so I always wanted her to be a part of it. And I could just see it, if that makes any sense. Like I could see a life with her and I could see the family that we would raise. And I could see like just in general how life could look. And so that was all exciting to me. And there was also like a, I don't know if it sounds right, but like a sense of fear of losing her. I didn't want to lose her. So I was like, She's got to be the one. So all of those emotions together kind of made me feel like, okay, she's the one. And I had one other thought I was going for, and I talked too much and lost it here. How did I know she was the one? When did when did you decide you wanted to propose to me? I oh, yeah, this is an exciting story. I'll try to keep this short. No, I, I didn't. You don't have to share the whole proposal story, okay. but, like, okay, well, how did you know you wanted to propose to me? Um. How did I know I wanted to propose to you? I knew it for a long time, I feel like. And I just was, I don't know, I kind of just was waiting for the right moment. But then I kind of realized that, like, there wasn't going to be a right moment. Whatever the moment was going to be was going to be the perfect moment (laughs) because I knew it was going to be you. But funny story, just to kind of go into the proposal thing a little bit, just a short second. I spent a week and a half with Morgan's family in Mississippi And I deep fried a turkey with her father, just me and him outside. And I knew on that trip, I had sat down and talked to my mom before I left and said, mom, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Barry if if I can marry his daughter. And my mom was like, yep, go for it. You know, and I sat there by the deep fried turkey for three hours while that thing cooked, felt like three hours, (laughs) drove in a car with him for whatever, 12 and a half hours to get to Mississippi. I never asked the man until the we got back on a Saturday. That Monday, I texted him and asked if I could drive down to South Point, which is three hours away, to have lunch with him. Because <laughs> I finally had the guts to ask him. So I and he was like, "Yeah," and he knew exactly what I was doing. But so that was kind of silly. But um, yeah, I just kind of knew. It, that sounds cheesy, but she was a person that made me better as a person, and I knew she was going to make life better altogether. All right, Morgan, besides the obvious reasons why you would obviously know I was the one, uh, when did you know that I was the one? Specifically, I guess, to kind of play off of what you said, at what moment in your head did you know you would say yes if I asked you? Okay. So I kind of have a funny story about that, too, in that it was you still weren't done with school with your senior year but it was close to the end of the school year because it was warm outside and I was at my friend's pool and we were floating around and she said if he if Josh asked you to marry him would you say would you say yes and my answer was I don't know and at that point after that conversation I really started thinking really hard about that because for a long time we had said that when you, after you graduated was when we would get engaged and then get married. But we spent the first two and a half years of our relationship dating while you were in Parkersburg and I lived here. So we were always an hour away. We really only really dated on the weekends. And I remember having that conversation with you and saying, 
I don't think I'm ready for you to propose to me. Don't propose to me because I probably won't say yes. And I remember saying, and I remember you not being real thrilled with that uh, conversation. Well, because I feel like at the moment we would still talk about rings and you would show me rings and then she would be like, don't propose. But here's this beautiful (laughs) ring that I want you to have on my finger. So, because it wasn't that I, it was off the table, no, obviously. I understand. That. But it was just like we hadn't dated like a real couple for for the last two and a half years. We had right. just been dating on the weekends, and everyone knows like when you haven't seen someone for a long time. It was like vacation. Week, yeah, we, I mean, we used to say it was, it was like vacation. We'd come home for the weekend, and it was great. And yeah, we don't. It's go, hard to have any kind of relationship trouble if you've only seen. Yeah, each other when you're for, only seeing each other for two days out of the week, like it's really not bad. Like, and so. I was, I really was like, I want you to move back home and it's going to be more difficult. We're going to have to live in two different places and do all that. But I want to live here and date like a real couple and get to know each other better before we get married. And so it, so I knew that I wanted to marry you at some point in our relationship, as far as like, I just knew that you were a good guy and you lived a Christian life and I loved the youth group. I loved the group of kids that we were working with. I loved being a part of your church. I loved being loved by your church. It was one of the most welcoming environments I've ever walked, like stepped foot into. I mean, it was, I, it was, I knew I wanted that forever, but also it was starting to hit me when we were getting closer and closer to that time. We always said that we were going to get engaged that I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think I'm ready for this yet. And so we took another full year, I think before we, before you ever, you proposed in February, January, 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 close to February is the middle of January, 18th of January. Mm-hmm. but Friday um, night. Yeah. But, but I mean, as far as, when I knew I would say yes, to be honest, it was probably shortly after that when I realized that you were willing to come home and date me, yeah. <laughs> like we could live a real life. And I think, I think it was those moments after the summer because summers again, it's like a vacation, but I was actually going back to work at that point. Yeah. Like I was actually going back. Yeah. I I was already working at the school and coaching. And so it was in that next year of us dating where it was like, we were in a real schedule where you were working every day at the church and I was working every day at the school and I had volleyball practice that we had to work around. And we, I had a house to keep clean and bills to pay. And, um, like we were cooking dinner together or we were, you know, doing like, everyday normal driving an hour to planet fitness yeah that was fun wasn't it um but like we were doing everyday normal couple things and it was through those times where i was like this is what a life with him would look like and i think that i'm okay with it yeah. i guess like, I, I would think answer that i this, really like this i guess if i could go back and say my same an- like my answer other than like the th- things about you that i know like you're probably i think you're nailing it for me too is yeah around that time frame that we actually got the preview of what life would look like in a relationship together and so we could always claim you kind of said this we always claim we dated for three years but it was really like we only dated for like a year and then maybe a half of like a real relationship 
Anyways, so um, as far as like what we wanted to cover, just like, you know, we we titled this episode, How Do You Know? So how do we know what kind of coffee we like? How do we, how did we come to know that? Um, and then how do we, the big one, you know, the big serious one, like how do we know God's real? How do we know that he is who he says he is? And um, And I really just want to make the point to that also that just because you doubt it does not mean you are a bad Christian. Just because you question where God is in your life at the moment doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. Just because you are stuck in a moment or just trying to figure it out does not mean you are a bad Christian. Like no, it 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 literally means that you understand. Like if you're asking where God is, it, you kind of have this understanding that you need God. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like when you're having those thoughts, let it be, let it be a bell in your head saying, "Let's dive in." Like, yeah. let's dive into God. One of my favorite songs uh, is by a guy by the name of Austin French, and he sings a song called Why God. And literally at the beginning, if you look it up on YouTube, it has like an intro to the song. And he talks about how when his dad was in the hospital dying, he continually was asking God, why God? Where are you, God? And he said for the longest time, he felt like a bad Christian. And he said it wasn't until I started having kids of my own that they got in that why stage when every toddler or kid gets in that stage and they want to know why, why things are happening, what things are doing. He said, it wasn't until that moment that he realized he wasn't an unfaithful Christian. He was just a kid that needed his daddy. And I think that's something so powerful in that. Like you are just asking the question why is not being unfaithful. A kid asking the question why He's curious and he understands that he needs his daddy to understand the situation. And so he needs needs his father. Oh my gosh. That gave me chills. I could cry. Go listen to that song. It's a, we'll link it in the show notes. So if you don't know where to find the show notes, you just scroll up on the, on the podcast there where you're listening and you can find them. We'll link that there. It's, such a good song. And Jameson is in that stage. He all the time asks me questions that I don't even know the answer to sometimes. Just like, why is Today there... he asked me why the TT is in the spot that it's in. TT is a TV for us. Oh, yeah, it's TV. How do you tell a kid? Because it's in the middle of the room, buddy. Or it's because daddy wanted to put it there. <laughs> like, he, he literally looked at me. He, I said, what do you want to watch on TV? And he just looked at me and said, why is the TT there? And I was like, wait a minute. That could know. be a really deep question, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's just asked me before, like, like we've been behind an ambulance and it's like, where'd the ambulance go? Like, I don't, I don't know. No, well, um, why did it go that way? Or I'll say like it turned left. Well, why mama? Because it was going that way. But why mama? I don't know, babe. I don't know. But that's the good part about God. He always knows. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think that's a great point, babe. That that song and it is it's such a good song and it is such um, I think that could really that ties in perfect with what we were talking about. So so and this, then the other the other question that we answered was you know how did we know that this was it that we were the one for that they were so the you, one for so us. you get a little so. bit of it all this week yeah. you get coffee you get Jesus and you get relationships so there you go there you have it. Uh, we like to end every session or 
try to end every episode every episode um with questions from from people that are listening and we gotten some we got some great ones this week um we're gonna try to answer some of those um someone asked me why i went into youth ministry or what pushed me in that direction and to simply answer it i loved i love kids and i love being around kids and i still believe i am a kid so if you <laughs> yeah. know anything about youth ministry why not get like have it be your job to go to the trampoline park like why why wouldn't yeah, why you want not? that job Come on. Uh, but no honestly the youth minister that was there when my dad lost his job played such a huge role in my life in a moment where I could have chose to go any direction in life. He kind of took me under his wing and said, Hey, I know life kind of stinks right now, but you know, just stick with it. Things are going to be okay. And so that's kind of always been the part that's kind of fueled me is like, I want to be there for a kid that needs somebody to be there for him. Um, and so, and you are. Plus, I always wanted to be you a are. teacher. Like, I always thought teaching was cool. And if I go into any other profession ever in my life, I think it will be teaching. So why not teach kids about Jesus? Amen. Like, That's like, what I want to do. Like I'm the, jealous of Josh's job. So I went into youth ministry because I get to have fun. I get to help kids hopefully learn about and, a God that loves them. And you do a great job and at it. So I am very blessed and lucky to, and I to am do like, what I do. I am so glad that I get to be married to you just because I get to do a lot of that with you. Uh, another one of the questions we got this week was when and how do Christians decide what they watch slash buy and who they support business wise? An example is buying from companies that openly go against Christians or, you know, Jesus in general. So I think it's a really tough question to answer in that, Although you guys might, some people might not like the answer. I think that it comes down to your personal decision and kind of your personal belief. There is no one that out there that is going to make you, you know, support a specific business if it really makes you feel uncomfortable. I mean, as far as companies that might go like that might be openly against Christians, my only rebuttal to that is there were a lot of people who were openly against Jesus and he surrounded himself with them just because you might walk into a company who, who goes against your beliefs doesn't mean you support their beliefs. Yeah, I would and, agree. And it, it, there's also like people that you could reach within that business yeah. that, you know, maybe they work for that company and they don't necessarily believe all the things that the company is trying to push or sell to people, but there that's an opportunity for you to share the gospel with them. So I think Morgan is kind of given a good answer. In my opinion, it, it, it does become, it's kind of a personal decision. And, and if you choose not to, that's your decision. And I could choose too. And, and that's the freedom that we have in that, I think, in yeah. a sense. And so it's not a definite answer. That's what I, don't I was going to say. I can't there, find a definite answer. I don't think there's going to be one because you are, I mean, you will just, whoever you talk to will fight you tooth and nail on why, you know, why their viewpoint is different on yours. And it's right. Like why their viewpoint is right. And you could do the same with yours. And it's just a matter of like really, I guess, trying, like figuring out where you stand and like 
don't go support a business that you don't feel comfortable supporting. Absolutely. Stand firm in your beliefs. A hundred and ten percent. Don't compromise Do, your personal. Yeah, faith. absolutely not. In the same, in the same time, don't, you know, say other Christians are bad because they do support that. Right. Yeah. Because that's again, their own personal decision they have to make that. So last question, quick and simple. What is Joshua, your favorite go-to snack? Favorite go-to snack. Um, right now, I'm really into Pringles, oh. specifically the barbecue ones. So um, I'm a big candy person. You're such a candy person. Uh, the boys, the boys know about the kazoozles. Some of the little sweet tart ropes. Those are pretty good. I like to sneak those in morning. I literally find those. stashes of camera, camera. Stashes of candy around my house. Yeah, it's kind of like the, if you have ever, here's a throwback, the movie Heavyweights, when they sneak the candy into the cabin. I try to do that here at the house because Morgan gets mad at me if I buy a bunch of candy. So there are strategically placed candy. So, so it's bad though because when people come over and they're like, hey, you got any candy? I'm like, well, hold on, Morgan's got to leave the room and I'll pull it all out. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but uh, no, go-to snack, Pringles. I was, this was supposed to be simple and easy. Pringles and any type of candy, not chocolate, candy. Yeah, see, I'm just about an anything chocolate person. My favorite go-to snack, I'm, I really love Snickers. I really love Reese Cups. I really love peanut butter M&Ms. But my favorite thing would probably, and I'm so glad that it's this time of year again, because I am so ready for, for a peep. boxes of frozen Reese eggs. Oh. I, I was this time last year. I was pregnant, and I craved them so bad. And we had oh, I bought her like a ton of like the twenty pack cartons. Yeah. I don't think there was twenty in them, but no, like, there was there was enough to eat in one sitting, but too many to eat in one sitting. I, I remember <laughs> so, but anyways, I had a stock. I had a freezer stocked full of them. But I'm those are those are a big one right now. So all right. Anyways, so as we wrap up, I encourage you to. Screenshot for the coffee giveaway. And Remember, you can get two entries this week. So. Yeah, if you do the rating and we'll send or you a review. review, we'll send you coffee for wherever you like. Yep. Um, and we hope that you have a good week. We hope that this has been helpful. We're really loving doing this. We hope that you guys are too. Please, please, please give us feedback. Give us drink recommendations. Give us topics, topics to talk about. Yeah. And please ask us some questions. So, yes. And also, share your happy cra happy crappy. Yeah, we want to know what's going on and we want to pray for you if we can. So have a great week, guys.